Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the OIS Podcast. This is Tom Salemi. Thanks for listening. We've got a bunch of news this week, and it's all centered around Novartis. Novartis made some uh, some big news with its analyst call yesterday, sort of delving into its plans for Alcon, uh, hit all the front pages of all the, the major business pubs. And uh, you can count Ion Innovation as one of those. Uh, we'll have an article by our contributing editor, Rich Mark Kirkner, about uh, Novartis's news and its plans for Alcon. It's a story we've obviously been following for a while. Larry Hemovich did a great article last year, late last year, about potential landing spots for Alcon. And uh, this just shed some more light on that story. So uh, if you're not getting the Ion Innovation newsletter, just go to ois.net. Give us your email. That's it, and we'll send it to you. You'll get uh, our weekly unique articles by our great team of ophthalmology writers. You'll get direct links to this podcast and uh, future podcasts, and you'll also find our uh, video content from our conferences, but also some of the uh, the offsite uh, video interviews that we're doing. So it's a, it's really a great package for the low low price of nothing. So just go to ois.net and register, and we'll send it right to your inbox. And as a great compliment for the Ion Innovation Newsletter, we present this OIS podcast, which is going to be continuation of all Novartis all the time. Uh, I had the chance to speak with Frederick Girard. Frederick and I spoke at OIS at ASRS in uh, San Francisco. Uh, you can find a, a video interview of, uh, of that conversation on OIS.net. But today we, uh, we spoke very specifically about uh, Novartis's acquisition of Encore Vision. Encore Vision is making a first-in-class topical treatment for presbyopia, which is really, really a cool approach. I had the chance to speak with Bill Burns. He's the CEO, or was the CEO, of Encore. And uh, he presented Encore's story in April at uh, OIS at ASCRS in New Orleans. And uh, that at that meeting, Bill presented uh, some really intriguing and obviously encouraging Phase 1, Phase 2 trial uh, data that uh, led to Novartis and several other players uh, making a bid for the company. And Novartis uh, emerged as the winner. So I'm going to uh, cut quickly to a, uh, a cut that, uh, from an interview, interview that I did with Bill Burns at OIS at AAO, where Bill also presented. And this was before the Novartis deal was announced. And uh, Bill will just give us a quick overview of what was called EV06. What happens with age is disulfide bonds form between the large crystalline proteins in the lens fiber cells, and this creates a stiffening of the lens over time Mm -hmm. that the lens's natural systems can't correct at a a certain point in time. And our eye drop is designed to reduce the disulfide bonds. It's a chemical reduction of disulfide bonds using a natural agent that's produced in all cells of the body in the mitochondria, lipoic acid. It's reduced to dihydrolipoic acid, a very potent reducing agent, and this reduces the disulfide bonds between the large crystalline proteins and restores the microfluidics of the lens so it can function again. Hmm. Where does this fit into the clinical regimen? What Would this be a patient who doesn't want to have uh, a lens put in or doesn't want to wear glasses? What kind of patient would be your target for this? In our trial, we enrolled subjects between 45 and 55 years of age, mm-hmm. mostly emetropes. They're certainly individuals who 
now are facing having to put on readers. That's me. They're a highly motivated group of people. <laughs> or I'm resisting that, I and, should say. <clears throat> and so where it would fit in, in our view, is that because it's an eyedrop, because its ingredients are natural mm -hmm. ingredients, there's an inherent safety dimension to it, that it would be the first thing that a clinician would try when a subject or a patient presents with presbyopia. All right, with that quick bit of information from Bill Burns, uh, moving forward now to the deal. I did have a chance to speak with Bill off mic a couple of weeks ago. The deal hadn't closed yet, or actually I think just closed last week, so uh, we didn't get any details to, uh, to put out. But he uh, confirmed that there were a number of companies interested in acquiring Encore, that it was a competitive process, and the company uh, carried uh, EV06 to this point without venture money, which is just outstanding. It's going to be an outstanding outcome, hopefully, for uh, for its investors. Uh, already is, most likely, but a lot will depend upon the success of the product going forward. And that's where the conversation will pick up with Frederic Girard from Novartis. We'll, uh, we'll get into that discussion in just a moment. But I did want to uh, let you all know, to remind you all, that OIS at ASCRS is coming up. It is, again, where Encore Vision first presented its clinical data. So, um, you know, they got acquired for a lot of money. So I'll let you fill in the blanks. It's a great way to tell your company's story. And it's happening on May 4th in Los Angeles at the Sheridan Grand Los Angeles. And uh, it's uh, going to be a great event. Bill Link, Gil Kleiman, and of course, Emmett Cunningham are working on the agenda, which we'll be getting up shortly. So go to OIS.net to, uh, to register for OIS at ASCRS, and uh, we'll hope to see you there in Los Angeles. Now, uh, let's get into this conversation with Frederick Girard of Novartis. Frederick Drone, welcome back to the uh, well, actually, welcome to the podcast. You and I talked uh, at OIS at ASRS in San Francisco, but that was on camera. I don't think you have been a guest in the podcast yet, so welcome. Uh, thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Now we're we're not hearing much from Novartis these days. You guys are kind of keeping a low profile. No, I'm just obviously kidding. We're uh, <laughs> you had some some big news yesterday that we likely can't get into very much, but we'll see where the conversation goes. But the the initial reason we set up this call is I had been chasing you for a few weeks at least uh, to discuss the acquisition of Encore Vision, uh, it, which was a, a fascinating is a fascinating company and a, and a presenter at OIS at AAO. And I actually had Bill Burns as a uh, as a guest on uh, uh, at our OIS interviews at OIS at AAO because uh, I really uh, enjoy those sort of companies that that take a different approach to things, and, and Encore certainly uh, qualifies. We'll run some audio from that interview to sort of give people a, a lowdown of, of Encore's uh, EV06 product. But why don't you give me Novartis's uh, take on Encore Vision and, and what it brings to uh, Novartis's portfolio? How, uh, first, let's talk a little bit about EVO6. Why don't you uh, tell me a bit about it? Yeah, no, certainly, Tom, and, and thank you very much for your patience. I know you've been trying to catch me a bit earlier. We were just very anxious to close this uh, transaction uh, before uh, talking to you, which we did on Friday last week. So actually, it's very timely that we have this interview uh, today. Um, as you said, I mean, it's a company that came with a very different approach to, uh, to other approaches in, uh, in presbyopia. We've always been very interested to, to look at what was happening in that field, but never really excited by some of the myotic uh, approaches taken by other um, companies. So 
we were really looking for something that was more on the disease modifying um, um, aspect of things instead of just you know, correcting the vision by, by artificially um, working on the pupil size. And we, uh, we, uh, that would be the approach we take in, in R&D in ophthalmology. We want uh, to uh, focus our efforts in breakthrough uh, therapies. We want to make sure we address uh, large and met medical needs and, uh, and we change at the end the practice of medicine. And uh, when we, we, we came across this, uh, this compound, which of course we've been, we've been tracking for some time, uh, we actually uh, thought it was actually ticking all the boxes of what we are looking for in, uh, in R&D for, for ophthalmology. So we are, of, of course, extremely excited. Uh, maybe to, to tell you a bit more about the compound itself. So basically the prodrug that uh, you know, uh, goes through the cornea and works on um, breaking some uh, links that happen in the lens uh, as part of the normal aging and oxidative process that we unfortunately all go through, or most of us go through. And, um, and we know 80 to 85% of patients over the age of 45 will at some stage develop presbyopia. And, and basically this drug can actually reverse that, the hypothesis of the drug is that actually can reverse that oxidation of the lens and restore the natural property of the lens, uh, allowing the lens to contract and expand as you know, it occurs naturally in the eye, and therefore patients to be able to accommodate uh, as they were when they were younger. So, uh, very very excited uh, compound. Where does this fit in Novartis's uh, ophthalmology pipeline? What else do you, do you have? Anything else in presbyopia? Is this is a, a completely different uh, condition or part of the eye than uh, than other areas Novartis is uh, treating? So as you know, we, we do have a large portfolio of drugs. We actually cover absolutely every aspect of, uh, of eye care. Uh, we do not have specific programs ongoing in presbyopia because, as, as I said before, we are really looking for something that was disease-modifying, and we haven't found anything else uh, before this came, uh, this came to, to, to us. So we, uh, we actually, it's a, it's a standalone program. Now, having said that, now that we know it works because we have clinical data, we are actually asking our research center to spend a bit more time understanding are there other things we can do uh, on the lens that could um, uh, you know, even improve the approach we are, we are now uh, working on. Uh, so clearly an area of interest for us um, and, and new to, uh, to our portfolio. Are there other innovative approaches like this or, or other companies that are, that are looking at presbyopia in a different way uh, and, and provided you with an opportunity to enter this market with a potentially innovative product? Or is, is Encore Vision really sort of one of a kind in, in coming at, at Presbya from this direction? Well, interestingly, it's actually one of a kind. I mean, we, we, there are other companies looking at similar approaches, but they are pre, at preclinical stage. What, what made um, EV06 absolutely unique was that the, the clinical data they were able to show us, and uh, which are actually incredibly convincing. Uh, so I would say I think there are other activities in that space, but no one is quite as advanced as Encore um, was. So um, we, we decided to make a move because of that, that particular reason. Now, I, I, I may announce as well today that it's not called EV06 anymore. We have internalized already the program in our, in our own uh, R&D system. It's now going to be called UNR844. It's not easier to remember, but uh, UNR844 is now has going to be uh, referred to. Okay, so UNR844. Well, I'm glad now we have that clear. 
How, how did you come to, I know uh, Bill Burns presented at OIS at ASCRS uh, in New Orleans and uh, pre- presented the, the, the first bit of uh, phase two, phase one, phase two data there. Uh, how did you come to, how did Novartis come to uh, identify Encore Vision as, a, as an acquisition target? And, and what was that process like? I understand there were several bidders on this company, which is, uh, which is really exciting. Yes, so, so we, we had been in touch for, for a very long time. As, as you, you know, I mean, Bill is an ex-Alcon um, employee, and, uh, and actually the company is based in Fort Worth. So actually the links with uh, Alcon have always been very, very strong. So uh, I think it's a, this is a company that we had uh, looked and, and you know, looked at and watched progressing over time. And uh, I think the timing was actually good now because it's easier for us to make a move when we have clinical data, which is what they, what they had. They had a very well uh, built um, proof of concept study, uh, and when we saw the results, which basically proved that that you know 82% of patients could um, reach a vision of 2040 or, or more and uh, or better, and actually could stop using reading glasses after three months, we, we basically. Uh, thought it was significant enough for us to uh, to transform this space and, and make a move, uh, but but it, it has been a long-term relationship with, with this company. Uh, clearly, it was a competitive process. We were, uh, as you can imagine, this triggered a, a lot of interest across the industry. Um, ultimately, we we certainly uh, did a, you know submitted a good offer. But I think what made the difference is our um, expertise in, in R&D, in ophthalmology, and our, our commercial footprint um, worldwide, where you know we, we have presence in, in, in almost all countries and can uh, execute on, on, the, on the global launch uh, in a very, on a very large scale. So uh, ultimately, it's, it's always a mix of financials and uh, a more intangible um, benefits that, uh, that make uh, this sort of uh, marriage work. And, uh, and so, I mean, so far we've been working extremely well. It's a very collaborative relationship. Uh, and hopefully, it will, uh, when we progress the compound in the, in the clinical development stages, uh, we'll be able to demonstrate uh, equally good results uh, in, in our larger studies coming next. And you're about to reveal the details of the uh, deal right here, right, on this podcast? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> no, unfortunately, no. No, no, we don't disclose these sort of details. Good try. Hey, everybody, Tom here. At the top of the show, I advise you to register for OIS at ASCRS. It's coming up. If you need a little more incentive, uh, we did release the breakfast breakout sessions, and uh, those have limited seating. The topics will be dry eye, glaucoma, presbyopia, which, of course, we're talking about today, refractive correction, MIGS, and cross-linking. So if you want to be sitting in those sessions with uh, the leaders in those respective spaces and uh, have an opportunity for an informal and productive conversation, you should register now. Go to ois.net. The seating in these sessions is first come, first serve. So you might want to be first or second or third, but uh, they will fill up. They always do. And we hope to see you there in Los Angeles. Now back to this conversation. I understand you're reluctant to give details of of the deal, but can you give us a sense of, of the structure? So, so Tom, I think it's a very traditional deal with um, upfront and development milestones and royalties. And uh, uh, I think it, it seemed to be to have been the approach taken by the other bidders as well. So I think the structure is very traditional for this sort of early stage asset. And and where does uh well well first of all what's how does Encore how will Encore fit into Novartis? Is the uh, the management team staying 
with the program to, to, to assist or is it getting plugged into your existing uh, clinical infrastructure? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. So Encore was a very, very small company with actually one employee, the CEO. So the integration is actually a pretty simple process for, for <laughs> I'd us. say so. So we're going we to the, take the, 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 the program, integrate the program into our R&D um, systems and processes and, um, and basically um, make, it, make it ours. It's not an independent project. It's just being part of our portfolio now. Uh, now, of course, very kindly, Bill is, is uh, helping us during the transition, transition time, and we'll uh, we, you know, stay on board as, as long as we need him. Uh, but that's a pretty simple process. Was this a, a, an easy sell uh, within Novartis? I mean, the, the concept, again, of Encore is just, is just so different than other things we've seen in ophthalmology. Is this something that people hear about and immediately see the potential, or does it require sort of some persuasion with some very persuasive clinical, early-stage clinical data? Uh, that that really sort of tells a story, but is, was it sort of a different, a difficult idea to get uh, to get your collective corporate head around? No, I think it was not difficult as soon as we saw the clinical data. So the, we we knew the drug, we, the evidence we had, we knew the drug worked in in humans. So that that really helped. Um, I think what was very interesting was for us to better dive into the pharmaceutical press biopia need for, for you know in the market which we, we had never fully explored because we had never, we had never found something that really worked there and uh, looking into it we could actually unveil a, a large amount of unmet medical need so i think on that piece we could it was actually pretty easy to convince novartis to to make a move uh, when you look at what patients are, are reporting in terms of, of, of needs and the, the difficulties they have in their daily activities even for simple tasks like drying or or, uh, uh, you know, reading newspaper and, uh, and the impact it has on people, especially the MA crops, you know, people who've never worn uh, glasses and the day they become presbyop, I mean, this is clearly a change in their, in, in their lifestyle. And, and, uh, and uh, so uh, we, we could unveil in the process of, of due diligence and market research a, a vast amount of medical need, which we had not really suspected before. So when you put the clinical data and, and this aspect, it was actually a pretty easy, uh, easy decision for Novartis. And if I'm the CEO of, a, of another company in the presbyopia space, a startup uh, taking a, a, an equally innovative approach, should I be encouraged by this? Is this some, an area in which Novartis wants to build? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there are, you know, we know now at least 1.3 billion people suffering from presbyopia around the world. In fast forward in 10 years, we'll be maybe close to 2 billion people. Uh, there is enough space for multiple approaches. So really, if anyone wants to take any, any stab at finding something different, I mean, I can only encourage it. And that is such a vast, um, um, you know, area that, that there, is, there, are, there is a need for pharmaceutical approaches or surgical approaches or anything. And, uh, and we know now this medical need needs to be addressed by something new. So. Absolutely, I would encourage anyone to, uh, with any interest, to uh, to dive into the science and find something similar or, or, or you know, or even different approach. Uh, that would be uh, that would be great for the for the people who need that sort of uh, of uh, visual correction. And again, given the uh, the interest that this deal uh, that the, the company uh, garnered when it uh, when it made itself available, it's uh, it's clearly something that Novartis isn't uh, isn't looking at on its own. So uh, it also must have been nice to get that, that second, third, or fourth party validation from other buyers, knowing that this is a, a hot property uh, that, that many companies wanted to include in, its, in their pipelines. 
Oh, absolutely. And uh, and you see, if you if now if you if you you are over forty five and you you've been let's say wearing uh, contact lenses your whole life, or you you uh, you are not happy with the the, the visual correction you get because your your glasses. I mean, you also have a ton of alternatives, you know. And uh, yes, you might you might have uh, multifocal contact lenses, but we know the usage of contact lenses goes down very very drastically after people turn forty or forty five, probably because of dry, by the way. And and therefore, you know. I think coming with something different would, would help. And, and we are not talking about a few million of patients. We are talking about hundreds of millions of patients. And, uh, and, uh, and therefore, you know, again, I think it's a very, very exciting space to be, uh, to be in. And, and uh, uh, more innovation will, of course, be welcome. Great. And just finally, uh, I know you've got uh, limited time, but I need to ask uh, about the news yesterday. You, just the, the, we talked in, in San Francisco about the, I think you you called it the conscious uncoupling of uh, of Alcon and, and Novartis, and uh, this there was news yesterday that, that 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 appears to be on track. Can you give us a an update from from your perspective? Uh, how does it uh, affect the ophthalmology portfolio, and um, sort of where would Encore Vision kind of fit into where we're going forward? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. So in San Francisco, I actually mentioned the uh, conscious uncoupling of the pharmaceutical uh, Alcon business uh, from the, the medical device part of Alcon, uh, which has happened now. And since January 1st, we are in most countries completely integrated into the Novartis Pharma uh, business unit. Uh, and we have integrated the Alcon pharmaceutical portfolio together with the Novartis Retina business. So now we have one ophthalmology franchise um, sitting under Novartis Pharma for pharmaceuticals. And, uh, and Alcon is basically the rest, vision care and surgical. So what was announced yesterday is nothing more than Novartis looking at options on, on you know, how to best maximize the value of that medical device business uh, called Alcon. It has no impact whatsoever on the pharmaceutical business. Uh, we are at Novartis uh, Pharma, we, we stay at Novartis Pharma, and we, uh, we benefit from Novartis Pharma. Um, you know, capabilities in research and development and, of course, commercial scale around the world. So uh, I think we fit very well there, and it's been so far managed pretty well without disruption for our customers. Um, and, uh, and therefore, we, we, we can take you know, uh, um, big bets like, uh, like uh, UNR844 in Presbyopia because we have this uh, very big R&D engine behind us helping us to, uh, to move this from, uh, from the labs to the, to the clinics uh, very quickly, hopefully. Terrific. Well, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to, uh, to give us a little more details on the Encore Vision acquisition. Congratulations, and we look forward to uh, following your progress at future OISs. Thanks, Tom. Thank you very much for your time today. And that is a wrap. Frederick Dorado of Novartis, thank you for joining us and for bringing us up to date on your acquisition of Encore Vision. Great, exciting technology, innovative approach to presbyopia, and one that we'll be uh, tracking on the OIS podcast going forward. Thanks also to Bill Burns for the drop-in and uh, for the conversation of a few weeks ago. Congratulations to you and to your investors. Uh, it promises to be a, a fantastic outcome, and we look forward to, again, seeing you at a future OIS, perhaps uh, in a different endeavor. Finally, if you want to see more uh, about Encore Vision's approach, go to OIS.net. Bill presented at uh, OIS at ASCRS and OIS at AAO, and you can uh, see the presentation there. 
And as I noted in the podcast, uh, Frederick and I talked at OIS and ASRS, and that interview also is on OIS.net. So thank you, our listeners, for joining us. Um, hope you, I hope you enjoyed this conversation, and would ask you just for a few favors, if you could give a, a recommendation or a rating of the podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to. That would be a great help. Any comments would be most welcome. You're invited to send me an email. Just reach out to me at tom at healthogy.com. Healthogy is spelled like the word health, followed by the letters egy.com. I'd love to hear some feedback about the podcast, about uh, OISs, about coverage from the Iron Innovation Newsletter. Anything you'd like to comment on, please do send it along. Finally, as I mentioned in the break, OIS at ASCRS is coming up on May 4th in Los Angeles. We'll be meeting at the Sheridan Grand Los Angeles. Uh, it's a, supposedly a great venue. Got $75 million renovation recently, so uh, of all the places at AEO that you can stay, that might be a nice one. So uh, join us at OIS at ASCRS again May 4th. Just go to OIS.net and you can register for the OIS at ASCRS conference again May 4th in Los Angeles. So that's it. Thanks again. This is Tom Salemi, Content Director of Healthogy. Very happy to have you here on the show. Thanks to uh, Mario Escamilla for putting this uh, podcast together and, of course, for our guests for joining us. Go again to OIS.net to register for the upcoming OIS at ASCRS, and we will see you in Los Angeles.